Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. My name's Tim Warnock. I am one of the youth directors here at Fellowship Church. My beautiful wife, Kara, is the other one. She just went inside to get my water bottle because I forgot it. Um, and I think I'm going to get quite parched because it's hot out here. Um, again, welcome. If you guys are too hot in the sun, I just told my, my mom's here visiting. Um, I told her to move into the shade if she needs to. So uh, if you also need to or you need to grab an umbrella, do it. Um, for our kids in the, I was going to say in the building, but in the amphitheater, welcome. We are so excited to be able to have our kids with us. We gave them an awesome opportunity to build their own shield of the faith today. Um, and I'm even going to call you guys up. If you have a really good looking shield, we're going to do a quick exercise later on. So work diligently, work so that your shield is the best looking. Thanks, babe. Um, and then we can show them off to the whole crowd, okay? So let me start here. First off, anyone watch the show Glee? Couple people. <laughs> I don't think it's even on TV anymore. It ended probably, what, 10 years ago? Um, my wife has been making me watch Glee. And uh, so I'm going to sing this whole sermon to you. That's what I decided. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Glee is about high schoolers who uh, join this Glee club. And they sing out their feelings. Um, and they're all really messed up people. And um, they're all sleeping around. And they're all getting into trouble. And there's a couple teen pregnancies. And uh, they get fired from the team because they're acting bad. And there's a drinking episode. And um, it's all around like a sinful show. But the singing's pretty good. <laughs> so if you like singing and can ignore sin, Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know if I actually recommend it. I just like singing. Um, my wife had never seen Sister Act. Have you guys seen that? Raise some hands. Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, Sister Act is a beautiful movie about a Las Vegas showgirl who becomes a nun because she's trying to hide uh, from her mobster boyfriend. So she gets put into witness protection as a nun. And she's like, I hate this. I'm not a nun. I'm from Las Vegas. And then she ends up turn, turning the nun's choir around. Uh, and they sing a lot of like cool songs in the name of Jesus. Uh, but honestly, Sister Act 2 is much better. I love it. It's one of the only sequels that is better than the original. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg again plays a nun that's not really a nun. And she goes into a Catholic high school. And... Uh, turns around all these like gangster kids and then they form this awesome soulful choir and they like do backflips and stuff and um, highly recommend it. My wife had never seen it so I made her watch it uh, and then she's like okay now you have to watch Glee. <laughs> so uh, she got me. That's exactly what happened Kara. Come on. Don't call me out. I got the microphone. Today we're continuing our series on the armor of God. Um, if you guys have been with us and you've been familiar with uh, my friend Jin here, Jin is the name of the mannequin. I don't know how he got that name. It was before my time here, but he's great. Um, the armor was made, designed by my best friend Nick, and then he and I put it together. Uh, it took a long time. We really enjoyed doing it though, and it is a fairly accurate representation of what Roman armor would have looked like, um, and that's important. So, there's a couple things. If you've been with us the last couple weeks, you've learned about the belt of truth, which is down here. The breastplate of light righteousness. What's the next one? Who knows? 
last week? Shoes of the gospel of peace. If you notice, I did not make shoes because <laughs> uh, it turns out they're just like leather straps. And I like as I started to do it, I just got tangled in leather straps and decided, you know what? They can imagine sandals. Most of them are wearing them now. So that's why we didn't get shoes made. But today we are going to talk about the shield of faith. So if you have your Bible with you or you have the Bible app or you even have our app, the notes should be in there. We're going to be in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 10 through 17. And while you're pulling that up, I'm going to pray for us real quick. God, be with, the, be with us today. Uh, be with me as I'm speaking. I pray that the words that are coming out of my mouth will settle into the hearts of those that are listening. And I pray that they would be your words and that clarification on your word would come today. And that these people would leave with a better understanding of what you are trying to tell them in this verse. In your name, amen. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. Finally, finally, right? It's like this is the end of the whole Bible. But no, it's the end of a letter. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as for shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the darts of the evil one, the flaming darts of the evil one, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So if you've been paying attention these last few weeks, uh, you notice Jin. He is sporting all of this stuff. Um, and it's important for me to point it out. You see, this book in the Bible was written by a man named Paul who was writing to an actual city in Ephesus. The city was called Ephesus. Now, Ephesus is located in modern-day Turkey. It was an actual place, and at the time, it was um, occupied by the Roman force. Okay, so there was legions of Roman armor, Roman armored soldiers in this city when this letter was written to them. So everybody who would have read this letter would have been able to picture a man similar to this. They would have all known exactly what a Roman soldier looked like. So you have to realize when the Bible is written, it was written to an intended audience. And the intended audience knows what a Roman soldier looks like. That's one of the reasons we decided to build this for you. That's one of the reasons we decided to let you check it out. Is because the intended audience would have known what this meant. And when he writes about the belt of truth, they would have known that the belt holds all of the armor together. So that truth holds all of the, what you believe together. They would have known that the breastplate protects all of your vital organs. So that righteousness protects your vital organs, protects everything that is vital to you. They would have known that the shoes 
were not just sandals like what you're wearing now, but the Romans actually had custom-made sandals that were made for marching and hundreds of miles of marching. Okay, they're not your typical uh, Birkenstocks, or they're not the ones you can buy at Target for like 20 bucks that wrap all the way up and down your leg that look like Roman soldier armor, because you can't march in those for hundreds of miles. Okay, these are thick. These have studs on the bottom to get better traction when in battle. Okay, they would have known that. That's why we're building this armor. That's why we're showing you what this is. And when they would have said, pick up the shield of faith, everyone reading that would have known that these shields are honestly massive. They can weigh up to 70 pounds. They're four feet tall. Now, I need a volunteer, someone who's about five foot three. Who do we got? Come on down. What's your name? Madeline. Madeline. I'm Tim. Nice to meet you. Will you hold this by the handle? I finished this yesterday. Madeline here is the average size of what a Roman soldier was. Okay, we don't think about that. I'm 6'5", and I think of a soldier, I think of somebody huge. Okay, but your typical Roman was only this tall. And if this shield is similar size to what they actually were, which it is, I looked it up, I did the measurements myself, this shield is massive. It's covering most of her body. And in battle, she would have been able to hide all the way behind it. Okay? Thanks, Madeline. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'm going to see if this little hand up here. Yeah, give her a hand. It might. Nope, you were right. Classic Hannah. So the shields were massive. And everybody reading this letter, or having it read to them more likely, because most of them could not read, uh, would have known that it was huge. They would have known as read, getting this read, letter read to them that the armor was very protective and they would have understood what each piece of it meant. So this shield is massive and it's for the survival of the person holding it, but it's also for the survival of everybody around it, around them. So now's the time where I'm going to call my kids up. Raise your hand if you're ready to show us your shield. Yeah? All right, bring your shields forward. Let's line up in a line right here. Come on, girls, bring your shields up. Let's stand shoulder to shoulder facing the crowd. Okay, so one here, one here, one here. You're doing great. You're doing great. Shoulder to shoulder, stand next to him. Right here, Sadie. Back up, back up. And you two girls can come right here. You can come over here by your sister, okay? Ladies, right here, please. Do we have an extra shield? Abby, you want to bring that one down? And you can stand right here. Perfect. While Paula is arranging you, um, so a Roman legion, yes, they would have had a very massive shield that covers their entire body, but the shields would actually slightly cover the person next to them. So all my kids here, let's hold up your shields so it's blocking you, blocking your chest area would be great. So these shields were large enough that they would actually help block the person next to them as well as their vital organs, okay? Now the Bible talks about having flaming darts come in. Okay, so these flaming darts would not have come straight at them, but they would have been arced up and coming down on their heads. So kids, raise them over your heads to block your heads now. No, up like this. Perfect. Josh is doing good. 
tilt it back, tilt it back. Perfect. Okay, this way, if they are in correct formation, none of these flaming darts would have hit them. Or, like this one here who doesn't have her own shield, she's also protected by these people's shields. Thanks, kids. Go ahead and have a seat. Oh, Kara, thanks for the water. I'm already dying. So Paul, in all his wisdom, calls this shield faith. Okay, he didn't call it anything else. He said, you know what the most thing this shield is like? It's like your faith. In verse 16 here, it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, I believe that we as a church know that faith is important, and we usually do try to protect ourselves with our faith. But my question today to you is one that I want to really settle in your hearts, really settle in your minds, think about it, take it home, wrestle with it all week long. What do you put your faith in? You see, this whole week, as I was, last two weeks actually, as I was studying up on the shield of faith, I was like, that's cool, that's cool. But the question that kept coming back to me was, um, what are we putting our faith in? Is it faith in the church body? Is it faith in ourselves? Is it faith in our jobs? Is it faith in our family? Because it's cool to say there's a shield and its name is faith, but what are you putting your faith in? And the second part is this. If we're talking about flaming darts that the evil one is launching at us, what are those? And to each person, it's going to be something specific to you because that's how the enemy operates. He's not going to fling a flaming dart at you that won't affect you. He's going to fling one at you that's going to land. So have you guys ever seen a flaming dart? Don't worry, I'm not going to light anything on fire. I'm not going to fling them at you. But I did have a buddy of mine make up some representations of what that may have talked about. You see, in the original Greek, the word for dart uh, can actually be translated as shield, as arrow, or as actual dart. Okay? So it's not exactly clear what he was talking about. It could have been any one of those three. So the shield, specifically, was a clear picture. This is what the Roman shield looked like. The breastplate was a clear picture. The helmet was clear. The sword was clear. The sandals were clear. The flaming darts of the evil one could have been three different things. So I'm going to walk you through what one of them looks like. Uh, first off, we talk about a flaming arrow. If you guys have seen Braveheart or if you have seen Gladiator, there's a couple of really cool scenes where the battle is marching on and then the guys in the back pull back their arrows and fling them. Usually it's a long arrow that's wrapped in a cloth that's lit on fire. Sometimes they're dipped in pitch. And as they land, they either hit a guy and he falls over dead or they catch the ground on fire. Okay, so that's one option, flaming arrows. Second one is this. This is a crude representation of a plumbata. It's Roman weaponry. Um, the closest thing we have to these today is a lawn dart. Has anyone here played lawn darts? A couple of you. Paula still has one sticking out of her head. They do not make these anymore since 1988 because they're very dangerous. Okay, the object of this was to stand back with a target on the ground, almost like cornhole, and they would fling them in the air as high as they can and try to get it to stick in the middle of the target. Okay, so 
fling it up, they're weighted on the end, and it would land. In the Roman era, these would be lead-weighted, so they'd be probably three or four pounds with a sharp point on the end, and they would launch them with a giant stick and a sling so that they would go hundreds of yards into the air, straight down onto the enemy. Okay, so when I had our kids raise up their shields like this, that would have been a common practice in the time because these things would have been coming at them, okay? They also had the option, like this one has been created to, to have a cage welded into it, and then there would have been a coal, oh no, sorry. There would have been a coal jammed into the cage, and the coal would have been lit on fire. So historians would battle back and forth on actually how they made flaming arrows light, because if you just light an arrow on fire and shoot it with a bow, oftentimes the flame will just go out. But if it had a coal in a cage like this, the flame will not go out. But when it strikes, it'll actually burn you from the inside out. So these would have launched up. They would have lodged somewhere in between your armor plates. And then unless you took your armor off very quickly, you were going to start burning inside out. Flaming arrows from the evil one. Flaming darts from the evil one. The second option is really cool. This is called a pilum or a phylum. Um, this is typical Roman javelin. So most Roman soldiers would have had these. They could use them as a spear or they could have thrown them as a javelin. Now, there's evidence that these would have a hollow tube here instead of a straight, um, what's the opposite of hollow? Solid. <laughs> you guys are listening. Perfect. These would have had a hollow tube instead of a solid tube. And the hollow tube would have been filled with a pitch and petroleum mixture, highly flammable. They also could have had a cage welded on them with a coal in the front, just like our dart. So when these were thrown at people carrying shields, they would have struck the shield, and the pitch petroleum substance would have burst onto it and exploded. Okay, this is not just dangerous weaponry. This is the kind of thing that makes you drop your shield and run away. Okay, this is scary. This is tactics that makes you not want to be in the fight anymore. So, pretty cool. Glad we're not doing that anymore, though. This armor would not stand up to that. It's mostly made out of aluminum. <laughs> so, that gives you kind of a representation of when he's talking about flaming darts, it could have been any of those three things. And honestly, he could have been talking about all of those three things. So when he's saying the evil one, he's talking about spiritual forces. And when he's saying flaming darts, he's talking about something that will stick inside of you and burn you from the inside out. He's talking about something that will hit your shield and explode, catching everyone around you on fire. Okay, these aren't just arrows that, like in Braveheart, hit you in the butt and you just kind of scream, but it's mostly funny, right? <laughs> If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. They're wearing kilts. It's hilarious. I was a big Braveheart fan. But no, these are things that are morally, not morally, yeah, morally, I don't know, degrading. That'll make you scared. That'll make you run away. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. The only tactic that would have stopped a, shield, a spear like that is soaking your already heavy shield in water. So they would have soaked these leather in water, and then when the spear hit it, 
hopefully that coal would extinguish before the pitch exploded onto it. Shield of faith. Hopefully your shield will extinguish that coal before it explodes. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. After they soaked the shields, these could have weighed up to 70 pounds. Uh, Madeline, how much do you weigh? Is that rude? 150. Okay, so a short Roman soldier would have weighed about 170 pounds, and their shield would have weighed about a third of that. Okay, these guys were strong carrying these around. They're huge, they're heavy, they're hard to wield, just like our faith is sometimes. Now, I'm telling you this stuff not to scare the children, or in case of Josh here, to give him any ideas. Uh, <laughs> but when Paul is telling us to take up the shield of faith, we have to understand the complete destructive power that the evil one has against us. Okay, we have to understand what these flaming darts are in our lives so that when they are flinging at us, now notice if a flaming dart is, is flying toward you, it's not going to be invisible. Okay, the thing is on fire. You will see it coming. But when it hits you, it's going to be destructive. So when something is flying at us that we obviously see, we have our shield, and we're going to be able to stop it in its tracks. So back to my question earlier. Oh, wait, let me back up real quick. When Paul is telling them to take up the shield of faith, they would have understand the complete destructive power of the enemy's weaponry. And they would have understand, understood that the spiritual enemy was out to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Okay, that's biblical. That's what he's here for. He wants to kill. He wants to steal. He wants to destroy everything in your life. So what do you put your faith in? For me, I used to put my faith in my body. I was a competitive athlete. I was a collegiate swimmer. Uh, I was ranked sixth in the nation. I was very good at what I did. And that was my life. And all of my faith went into what I could do because I worked so hard to do it. I could tell you exactly how fast I was going to swim before a race. I could tell you exactly which one of my competitors I was going to be able to beat. I worked hard on it. For some of you, you have complete faith in your jobs. You have complete faith in the money in your bank account. You have complete faith in your home, in your family, in your parents, in your spouse. And these things are good, but they're not going to stop a flaming dart. Okay, if I were to hold up my athletic career as one of these flaming darts hit me, it would have gone right through this shield. This shield is mostly made out of like a plasticky material that won't stop anything more than a paintball. Okay, this plastic spear could probably go through that. And that's the equivalent of me trying to hold up something that I've worked hard on. It's not going to do its intended purposes. Faith in something is not as good as the faith that Paul is talking about. So if you uh, have your Bibles open still, let's turn to Genesis chapter 3. That's in the front of your Bibles. First couple pages. Mine's on page iPad, so if you're reading from the same as me. Genesis 3, 1 through 5. 
Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Now, if you haven't read this before, the serpent is representative of the evil one of the devil, okay? And he is about to try to tempt the only two humans living on earth, Adam and Eve. The serpent said to the woman, did God actually say you should not eat out of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Did you catch that? This is the first recorded instance of a flaming dart hitting humanity. This is what flaming darts are. And it hits so hard, it hits in the flesh of the neck. And it burns till today, thousands of years later. The enemy's greatest weapon is a small twist in the truth. It questions what God has told us to do. Did you notice he said, did God really say that? Did God really say this? Okay, in this one, he takes something that God did say. God said, do not eat from the tree in the midst of the garden, but everything else you can eat. And the devil says, did God really say don't eat from every tree? And Eve has to say to herself, no, but, but did he? No, but now she's questioning what God actually did say. For my students, flaming darts are this. Did God really say you're worthy of his love? Did God really say it's okay to be who you are? For my marriage, did God really say to love her like Christ loved the church? Did God really say to sacrifice everything for her? For others, did God really say that you can't go out drinking? Did God really say that you can't get high? Did God really say blank? Okay, these are all specifically angled at you. For me, it's going to be something different than you. Because I live a different life than you. But what God says in the Bible is made clear. It's written down for you. You can read it. I highly encourage it. Okay, because the faith that's going to stop a flaming dart of the evil one, this thing here, is going to be faith in God's word. It's going to be faith in who God is, not who I am. Okay, I have faith that I can swim faster than anybody here. And I have an injured back. I'm just that good. <laughs> my faith is high in my swimming ability. And that's okay, but it's not going to stop a flaming dart. Because that faith is useless versus the kind of weaponry that the enemy is going to be fleeing at me. Kids in the crowd, here's your fill in the blank if you're doing your, your sheets. Faith in God is a shield that protects us from lies. I'm not talking about lies from other people. I'm not talking about you know, if, 
when I was a kid, I used to steal candy from my mom, and then I would lie about it. <laughs> I'd be like, no, that was my one of my other brothers, because <laughs> there's a lot of us. Uh, we were talking about that the other night. Uh, we used to sell candy bars for like um, Little League to raise money. And we'd bring home this box of like 40 candy bars, and they'd leave it at the top of the stairs. And I'd sneak in like on my belly, basically, and like take the giant Reese's out and walk away. Because she won't miss one, right? My mom definitely has a dollar to pour back into that box. But then I found out that me and also my four siblings were all doing that. By the end of the week, the whole box was gone, except for like the gross candy that none of us wanted. And my dad just had to fork over like 50 bucks. So sorry, everybody, mostly my mom and dad. Um, that was a tangent. It was not in here. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> faith, the, those, but that's a lie, right? I was lying to my mother. I was saying we didn't need it when obviously we did. But faith in God isn't talking about stopping that kind of lie. It's stopping the lies that are from the evil one. It's stopping the lie that tells you you are not good enough to be loved. It's stopping the lie that says you are not worthy of being here today. It's stopping the lie of depression. It's stopping the lie of anxiety. It's stopping any lie from the evil one, the crippling, exploding type of lies, the type of lie that will hit you deep and burn you out. Faith in God. The shield of faith can block these because faith we're speaking of is faith of what God actually says. It's faith in the Bible. It's faith in the completed work of Jesus Christ. Faith, Paul, the faith that Paul tells us to pick up is not a blind faith that says, I have a feeling in my belly that God is real. It's not um, because that gut feeling is not God, guys. It's not faith. It's not a faith that feels good when you come to church. It's not a faith that just believes you to believe, that asks you to believe in something that's not real. It's not a faith that says, don't cuss, don't drink, don't chew, don't hang out with those that do. Because that's not faith. Paul tells us to rely on God. Put your faith in in who the Bible tells us he is. He is our creator. He is our author and our finisher. He knows who he has created us to be, and he reaches down to each and every one of you to show you who you are supposed to be. So as these arrows come at you saying you are not good enough, you are not cool enough to hang out, your speaking ability is not good enough to stand in front of people, people don't like you, you're supposed to turn back to God and say, what does God actually say about me? That's the shield of faith that you should be picking up. I'm going to be closing up here real quick. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son, this is verse 17, to the world to condemn it, but that the world may be saved through him. You guys, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, 
I want you to know that he is reaching down to get you. He is coming to you. And as these lies from the evil one are hitting you and telling you that you are not good enough yet and that you just need to clean up your act a little bit, you know, maybe I'll stop drinking, maybe I'll stop smoking, and then I'll come to church, and then after a few weeks, then, then God will love me. That's a lie from the evil one. And it's a lie that's close to the truth, but it's not the truth. Just like that very first dart that hit Eve. He said, did God really say that? No, what God really said is that he sent his son to you to die for you so that you will not be condemned and that you will not die, but instead you will live with him for eternity. It's beautiful, and that's what our faith should be in. Ephesians 6.10, this is the first verse of all this Ephesians that we've been reading. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. What is our faith in? It's in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And if you don't know the, the character of the Lord, read your Bible. Come to church. That's why we have it. So you can learn about what we're doing here. Okay, learn about who God is. And through that, you can have faith in who he is. Our faith is a shield against the internally destructive weapons of the evil one. And it must be in the strength of the Lord. So I encourage you guys as you leave today, get to know the God who you proclaim. Learn your Bible. The best way to know your Savior, it's the best way to know your Savior and knowing how he builds faith. Let me pray for you guys real quick. God, you're good. You are holy. You're our Savior, and your grace abounds. Thank you for not making us clean up our act before we come to you, but thank you for turning around and coming to us and greeting us as we are still eating pig slop, as we are still in sin, but we want to turn from it. You meet us there. Thank you for giving us this picture of armor so that we know how you mean to protect us. And thank you for loving us enough to send your son to die in our place. I pray that you would build our faith this week. In your name, amen.